The following podcast is scheduled for three falls and promises to call it Down the Middle. Hello and welcome to Calling It Down the Middle, the wrestling podcast that analyzes some of the hottest ongoing issues in the world of professional wrestling and seeks to call them down the middle because here on this show we are all about truth, justice, facing up to your fears, fighting your problems, training, eating your vegetables, saying your prayers, brother. I am one half of your Calling It Down the Middle hosts, Alex. And I am the Mike on the Mic. Oh yeah. Let's go into our interesting uh, topics today. Alex, did you say anything in the news that you want to discuss? Nothing in the news, but on Twitter, I saw probably the next big thing in the world of professional wrestling who goes by the name Superhuman. Yes, Superhuman. This is Superhuman. Today, I am going to be jumping onto coffee mugs, barbed wire, (laughs) and Legos. This is all for the Juggalos and Juggalettes. Don't try this at home. I hope you like it. Whoop, whoop. For those who have not checked out Superhuman, so I guess it's some kind of amateur stunt person. Definitely amateur. Making ridiculous videos of him jumping onto various um, things that hurt a lot. And he's, things in his toy box or things just in the yard. He's putting it in, in front of him and jumping. Yeah, we, we watched about ten of these videos before we started recording. I was like, you, you've got to, you got to see this, Mike. Maybe I'll drop some of the audio in because he always has exactly the same spiel. At the start of the, the video, it's always exactly the same before he does it. This is Supreme Show today. I'm going to do a full flip onto Legos. This is for Chocolates and Chocolates. Don't try this at home, I hope you like it. Whoop whoop. Fuck this shit! Yeah, it's absolute nonsense. So, no- nothing from the news. Nothing like that, but um, some some absolute nonsense. We're plugging Superhuman. So Super, yeah, I can't remember what his, his full handle is, but if you search Superhuman with two M's, you'll find it. He, I he's, don't he's been, think you'll be able to miss it. Been, do, been doing the rounds on, on the old uh, Twitterverse the last couple <laughs> of days. Um, so that's what I've seen this week. How about you, Mike? <laughs> well, one thing, if everybody listened to episode five, we discussed Undertaker's retirement. We and guess what? He's wrestling more now. <laughs> not not yet a genie in an urn. Right. He's not going to be a genie in the urn yet. He's in the main event at Extreme Rules. There's also the rumor of his match at WrestleMania 36 in Tampa next year. Yeah, he, he he's righting the wrongs there. And, yeah. and it's, it's understandable because... I think it's like his way. It's like that. That, that match was not yeah. my fault. I'm going to prove it because he. he <laughs> I hit, can't go out like that. He hit a pretty good choke slam on Shane. It was kind of weird. He got the elevation and then like didn't follow through with it, which made it look kind of weird. But he still, it looked a hell of a lot better than the one that finished the match against uh, Goldberg. Yeah, he had was training since the Goldberg match. I'm sure to perfect <laughs> that choke slam yeah. again. Yeah, he's back in the spotlight again. He's main eventing the next pay per view. You know, I guess the ratings are down. They're trying to bring more people in. And There's definitely take... that element of it. The, yeah, the whole ratings attendance issue. Right. Uh, and then, boop, 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 breaking news. We've actually got something akin to breaking news. Because uh, this, this was something that was um, reported on 
just this afternoon uh, as we record on Thursday. Um, and that is that there is new, I, I think the official title is Executive Producers of both Raw and SmackDown, and they are none other than for Raw, the advocate, for Raw now, I guess, Paul Heyman. advocate for Monday Night Raw. Yep. And for SmackDown, he is back, it's Eric Bischoff. And you know, that's funny because... We, yeah, we played we that music last music week because we knew, we yeah, knew something know, was coming. Yeah. It seems like somebody's listening. I'm not saying anything now, but it sounds like the dots are being put together somewhere in this universe of wrestling that Taker is all back in the spotlight again, Bischoff's in the spotlight again. It's hmm. just, just like 2003, yeah. whenever it would have been. Let's go back to the hot time in wrestling and... But I think it's I think it's a it certainly has the potential to be a positive move. I think certainly like Paul Heyman was of course much celebrated for his SmackDown Six back in the day, and I think a lot of people will feel that this is a, a good move. I believe they're both. Um, so for the first, well, the first thing is that they are not on screen roles, so it is very much they're running the show. They're not going to be on screen authority figures, at least. From what was reported, it's that's not the case, not the plan currently. Um, and I think that they they both report directly to Vince. That's the one thing everyone's like, yeah, yeah. They still still got to clear it with Vince. But the thing for me was, I know, I think it was way back listening to Paul Heyman. It might have been on Jericho's podcast, uh, you know, several years back now, talking about his time running SmackDown and that he. You know, would just end up getting into so many disagreements with Vince about things um, that I would be very surprised if he has not kind of got ahead of that and has you know basically said, "Look, I'll do it, but this is what I need. I, you know, I cannot have you shooting me down all the time." This is not his first run in doing this with storylines and such, so I'm sure he has his. Well, you want me to do this? Sure, I'll do it, but hey, you got to give me this much creativity and not yeah. pull me in. I, I think that's it, and and I assume that it will be similar with Bischoff. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think that he's very much he has he because obviously with Smart, I'm going to to Fox. I think he's going to be working with the producers at Fox as well. Was the idea? And he's um, done a great deal because he's done with TNT, TBS before, right. so yes. he has that experience with the big time TV stations. So yeah, it's definitely it'll be interesting to see. I mean, as I. Um, I believe it's an immediate thing, so it will be interesting to see how much of a change there is. So here's the question: Was this in the cards if the ratings were good before the pre-Fox contract? Do you think, or they really need help? You think? That, I mean, it's interesting because if you had to pick two people to be like, okay, we need two people to come in and are going to run the shows, are there many more people who you would have been like? As in, you know, if, if it was like a suddenly, oh, God, we need to do something, would they have been able to get these guys out of nowhere? I mean, maybe you throw enough money at the problem, but, you know, it's e- even if it is very much just a reaction to the way things have gone, I think they they couldn't have picked, really, in theory at least, two better people for the job. I think this is a great move for both shows. Uh, like we said, if anybody's listened to any of Paul Heyman's interviews, he's always has stories and you can tell the guy mm-hmm. is very smart as far as the the wrestling industry and new ideas and creative ideas and hopefully he still has some in his his bag of tricks there. Yeah, I mean I'd love I I think because of the reputation he got when he was running SmackDown as as I mentioned before the SmackDown 6 
I would love to see him take some of the some of the people at the NXT call ups who maybe haven't had that much to do. Um, and you know, he'll I'm sure because I'm sure, absolutely sure, he'll have a short list of people who be like, I want these people on my show, and that would definitely be one thing I w- would want to see. They they have to bring back that divide between the two rosters, which has been obliterated by the wild card rule. Um, I I think they need that, and then you know, I love the idea of Heyman now taking. However many it be, you know, it doesn't have to be six. As many people as he thinks, okay, these are people I want to do things with and I can run these stories and programs with. And, you know, I w- would love to see how he will... Because that's been a big problem, I think a lot of people have said. And the reason why we're getting... We've had Brock Lesnar, why Undertaker comes back, why Triple H is coming back, is that they haven't been able to build new superstars to fill right. the, those spots. But Heyman did that. Heyman did that with, with Edge, with Benoit. Um, you know, with that SmackDown Six back in the day, he created those stars and got them to that level. And so the idea that he might now have the op- the opportunity to do that again, um, that's exciting for for certain and something I re- I'm really looking forward to seeing. And and I I think what I would really want to see is some differentiation between the shows. You know, not just the roster, but actually, and I guess we'll you know maybe there will be legitimate competition once SmackDown moves off of the USA network anyway um but something that makes it seem like the two shows aren't just copies of each other they are trying to do things different which smackdown did at first they did they, i think they tried a lot of new stuff um when they when they initially um reannounced the brand split but now certainly now with again with the wildcard rule it seems like it's just more of the same at first it sounded exciting okay maybe once a week you'll see a new new guy come mm-hmm. in but you're seeing the same group of people Exactly, and, I think, and one of them has to be has happens to be Shane every week <laughs> on both shows. We have double Shane, but yeah, that's that's what's making it stale so quick. Is that it's the same six? I guess you want to call it. They go back and forth, and it's it's something that has to change. Yeah, I I it was I think it was the episode that I that I recorded by myself when you you weren't here. I was. I think that was just after the wildcard rule had been announced and it was the thing I said and the thing a lot of people feared was that it was going to be the same people across both shows and and not even just that, even if it was different people, that it would be without any particular rhyme or reason that the thing I wanted to see if they were going to do it and it for it to work was there to be a story reason or or, or it to kick off a story. You know, a, a particular person decided I want to go after this person who's on the other show, I'm going to use the wildcard rule and I'm gonna. Uh, that's how I'm gonna get to this person or go after this title. Yeah, they they definitely need to get. I I think it, it's the thing. Everybody says it. That there's just there's too many people. There's too many people on the roster to have a show where or two shows where the same people are. Yeah, there's it, no but. need for it. You need you need to split them up and go with your group and build off of that group. Yeah, I mean that's and that's how you build stars. If if you're looking at it and say, well, we need we need. We need Roman. We need Shane on both shows. Whoever it, whoever it is, well, you do. But that's a problem. Well, well maybe you don't because it leads don't. to overexposure. But I can understand they think we need our biggest people on both shows because of the ratings, because of attendances. But you know, you need to take that time. And you know, if attendances are and, and ratings are as bad as they are now, well, use this opportunity. And now, now is the time. Build up. And build the next generation of stars that that aren't going to need. Could to be that your be top stars are, are stale for the fan base, and they want to see see new faces. But you don't build them up. 
no one's going to come out to see Shane and Drew every night. No. Here's my thing. We've got... which. Well, here's my question. I think we've, we're just going to let this bleed into our first fall because I'm going to decide this is, this is going to be what our first one is, and that's which which show do you think is going to do better, Bischoff Smackdown or, or Heyman's Raw? See, my call down the middle is going to deter, determine my my answer on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but to do a preview of it, I'm going to say whichever show Paul Heyman's in charge of. So you think Heyman might not in, stay on? In my call down the middle. Oh, okay. So this is a little, a, little, uh, right. a little preview, a little taste. A little ball tickle. So I'll say, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so what I'm going to say, the Paul Heyman show okay. will end up succeeding over the other show. I kind of want to sit on the fence and say, I think that, I mean, because I feel like they're both going to improve. I think Heyman's track record having once run SmackDown previously kind of leads you to think he'll he'll be the one. He knows what he's doing. He has built the superstars before, and that's what WWE needs. Um, I mean, just to be contrary, I'll say that Bischoff SmackDown will, just because I think, depending on the kind of shift certainly towards SmackDown maybe being the A show when it moves to Fox, but SmackDown has always had that B show feel kind of. Le- less so now, I think, because it's the same thing maybe, but I think they what came from that is that they always kind of had the ability to be a little bit more creative to do things that maybe Vince wouldn't allow them to do on Raw. Vince's Raw is Vince's baby, so he wanted to keep that one, I think, to his vision and his limitations and his control. Yeah. For SmackDown, he said, all right, do what you want yeah, a little bit. I think so. And I'll let you know if it's something I want to dip my hands in. So I, I, there you go. That's what I'll say. Up until October, then I think SmackDown might be the show again that everyone was talking about how it was initially when... The brand's happened. SmackDown was the show. Everyone was like, "Yeah, this they, they're doing things a little bit different." They had like talking smack and um, sort of the di- the different. Um... Those are great shows. Made me stay up late to watch. Them. Yeah, it was a weird thing they got rid of them. I guess just Vin- like that. Vince didn't like people getting themselves over. Um, but and that was a huge Miz breakout. Yeah, that, that is what that's what did it for the Miz. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and Daniel I, Bryant. Yeah, Daniel I, I think if SmackDown is if SmackDown ends up going back to kind of the show that's allowed to do more of its own thing, I think that will be the show that flourishes most. Um, but, but yeah, I think they're, they're both they're both going to improve. But yeah, okay, let's you've, you've, you've teased a call, so let, let's hear it. What, what's so, your call here? According, of course, because of my little ball tickler that we said, um, obviously there's going to be a change in brands. And in my call down the middle, both these guys are veterans in the game. Both these guys know who they want to work with. So here comes the draft. The draft is going to take people that they want onto each show. And the end result of the draft is obviously the last match, because it's going to go by matches. Back in the day, they went by whoever won the match. Mm-hmm. There'll be a wild, you know, a random draw. And the last one will be a double pick. Bischoff to Raw. Heyman to SmackDown. So I'm going to take Heyman's SmackDown via the draft as the top, the more, more popular show. It's going to all blend into our Brock K 
cashing in on Shane and on SmackDown. Yes, that's definitely going to happen because it's already in the works. He'll he'll cash it in on SmackDown. Time will tell. Well, that's what I say it will happen. I'm going to call this a little differently because I think, you know, we 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 briefly touched on it whether, um, you know, whether this was just suddenly they threw 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 this plan together all of a sudden and did you know was there really anybody better they could have got even if that. Even if that was the case, and the uh, the answer, of course, is yes, because we don't need Heyman on Raw, we don't need Bishop on SmackDown. There's someone else. We need Vince. Vince. Vince Russo. Oh. Oh yeah, that's what I think. We 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 need the real. That savior. guy ruled WCW. Where is WCW? Ruled or ran into the ground? I think ran into the ground on fire with gasoline. That's what he loves. Some, some crash TV. Um, that's what I think we need. We need more swerves than you get on the I-75 on a Sunday afternoon. What, what was that match? Pink slip on a pole match. Yep, there you go. That's yep. More just you know, you know his style. And we're gonna get like the Viking Raiders are gonna change their name three times in one night. We're gonna get more of that. They'll turn yeah. heel once. But they'll turn face again. Yeah. No, that's it. They'll come out each Two, week. Each match they'll. Turn face heel, but face, heel. and they'll be announced by a different name depending on whether right. they're going to be heels or faces. And then if they turn during the match, the winner of the match, like the name changes from who they're announced as at the beginning. <laughs> Just keep people guessing, keep them on their toes. It's what they love, that's bro. That's what the, that's what that's that's what the fans want. They want to be on their toes. They want entertainment. He can he can fill that Shane spot. If people are getting tired of Shane. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring you'll, in Vince Russo. You'll never get tired of Vince. You Russo. would never get tired of Vince Russo, bro. We're going to our second fall, and this is a storyline that's been ongoing on both Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. lately. And this is in the women's division, the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross relationship. Yeah, it's I guess it's been a bit of an interesting situation, and I I feel like on the face of it, you you sense there's only one way it's going to go, and obviously Alexa's using Nikki, and and then you know she'll eventually sell her out and then we'll probably get a feud but that's what we want to discuss here is what do, what do we think the payoff and the direction that the story should take um what what should that be so my my thinking with this is i definitely want to go in a different direction to what you would think which is you know nikki thinks you know is kind of naive and they're being friendly and then eventually alexa turns her back on her we'll get a couple matches feud and alexa comes out on top that's that's not not what I want want to see. Um, I think what I, what I would really like to see is both Alexa starting to rub off on Nikki and Nikki starting to rub off on Alexa. So obviously we've seen a bit of a different Nikki Cross um, where she's not completely unhinged, but she's she's got like that. Um, she mentioned it. I think was it after last week or was it um, Monday on Raw when she cost. Uh, well, no, it was it was at um, pay-per-view. it was at the, the right. pay per view's name slipped my mind because it was stomping so grounds. so um, so memorable. <laughs> yeah, at stomping grounds when she you know essentially cost or contributed towards Alexa losing the match. And you know, she talked, she apologized, and was talking about how she oh, she, you know, she lost her cool. So she still has that streak in her, that mean streak um, where that switch is flipped and and she'll she'll go crazy. So let me ask you, Alex, the character's supposed to be unhinged. Mm-hmm. When you see her talking in a normal, calm voice, I think it takes away from the character. And I don't what? think she's getting the the pull of the audience because the 
character has been taken away like that. That's yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a tweak in the character, which I guess there's there's kind of a lim- especially if you don't have a stable that can do the talking for you. There's only so much you can do as that character. So I I, I think they did if they were going to take her now and and she's just by herself. You, I mean, it's very much a thing on Raw and SmackDown. If you can't talk, you're nowhere. I think uh, you know, we've got a long history of of people who aren't good on the mic have struggled to succeed. But but what I, what I, what I want to see, as I say, is the two like kind of rubbing off on each other. Because what I want it to build to is there will still be this uh, kind of you can see Alexa is trying to manipulate Nikki. But what will happen is Alexa maybe may like maybe she starts losing her temper a lot more um, and sort of snapping uh, at Nikki a bit and. And it's, again, you feel like it's just building towards this Alexa is going to turn on Nikki. But what is also happening is um, Alexa is rubbing off on Nikki and Nikki has started to become more calculating. And what it ter- what it leads to is the payoff is Alexa turns on Nikki and so they get into a match. But suddenly Nikki starts putting together all these plans and and machinations where Alexa suddenly realizes she's bitten off more than she can chew and suddenly is very very afraid of Nikki and it comes to the point where we actually get a double turn because and instead Alexa is the one who is now just getting beaten up and also you know, for, you know not bullied as such I don't think I'd want to see it like that but she'll like Nikki will be setting her up a lot putting getting her it caught in these situations where she's getting outthought as well as outfought and so it's kind of this thing where it, you know alexa has tried to manipulate nikki just use her to do a dirty she has her right her. In the exactly her hand. but it's actually it gets flipped and nikki has absorbed all of this alexa energy and and then actually comes out on top as a result of that that that's what i would like to see is just an interesting character story being told where Alexa thinks she can manipulate Nikki Cross and ultimately gets manipulated herself. I was thinking about the same type of path with this, um, but a little swerve as well. The end result is probably going to be Alexa Bliss mm-hmm. ending this with, with a victory. Mm-hmm. But what if it's the other way around? What if Nikki gets the, the win? Because I guess in this case, she's going to be the face versus Alexa being yeah, the heel you think so. um, in their storyline. But let's make it more interesting. I talked to you about we wanted the unhinged character, and that's what seemed to be liked by the NXT crowd, liked by the the SmackDown Raw crowd, whichever show she was on. Let's say this is like a Raven's Flock type thing, or okay. Alexa Bliss. And Nikki beats her. You know, let's say they have a couple of matches. They have one, you know, they always had that one last match to end these feuds. Nikki wins and drags her the back. We don't see her for a couple of weeks. SmackDown is trying to push the uh, tag team division. And there you go. She becomes an unhinged Alexa. That's, yeah, I, I would really like to see that. As you know, obviously, it's kind of what I was suggesting. Right, they kind right. of rub off on each right, other, and right. I would really like to see that, right. that flip. But I, mine is full blown. Like, Nikki overpowers her in yeah. the mind games and just converts her into an unhinged where they both scream in and run to the, you know, just and just, just go bonkers on everybody. I think that's. Alexa right now is not that kind of character, but I'm sure she could transform think, into something like that. Because she's always had that kind of temperament where she. 
you know, has like the fits kind of thing. Like she gets really angry all of a sudden. I think she, it's, it's believable to me that the Alexa Bliss character could snap and very much could, which yeah, I guess again, it's kind of what I was heading towards, but I was sort of, it would be more the other way. Yeah. I, I I really like that. I think that would be a really interesting way to go with it. Because the other way is just, yeah, from flame. And who knows with, Bischoff and Heyman in charge now. Who knows if that swerve, some type of swerve like that, that we're talking about, happens? Rather than saying, "Well, Alexa's going to win this feud." No, no, no. Maybe we got to go a different route. Yeah, I, and I, I do wonder. Um, just the fact that Nikki managed to get a victory over Bailey this past week made me wonder if actually maybe they're not going to go the direction of Bliss. But it's yeah it's i mean having watched <laughs> wwe for however long you, it's like that's surely the way they're gonna go but yeah i, I would love to see it go the other it, way and, and i really like that idea it's just putting that little bit of hope in your heart there. yeah it's that's, like, that's maybe nikki will win no because you sure this is probably gonna end up with a, a triple threat somewhere down the line as well yeah that, that would be the right. classic one that will lead to the the, the ultimate feud. betrayal right. yeah right. but all right so so i think from from what from what we've both said, I do have a, a way that I think we can call this. So you think Alexa should become more like Nikki. I think the end should be that Nikki has become more like Alexa. How about they both do the same thing to the point where they have a full-blown existential crisis and they come out now as Alexa Cross? And like you put them in like Nikki one... Nikki Bliss. Nikki Bliss. <laughs> mm, yeah, which one do I like more? I'm not sure. But you have them... Like the music hits and it like literally just mash the two themes together and then like either like one of them comes out, like they just like don't know which like you never know which one's gonna come out. It, or they both come out like in a big t shirt. Or like it's on each other's shoulders, wearing the big like doctor's coat, lab coat. It's like it's standing on top of each other because they become the same person. And then you no, you definitely have to I was gonna say you could have like they become women's champion. But I almost think it would be better to have them be tag champions, but they're essentially, they're like tagging themselves in and out, but at the same time, they're actually tagging the other person. And then like, the, like the promos would be absolutely ridiculous as well. With them, you're having this kind of like, it would be like that scene in Lord of the Rings when Gollum's having a conversation with himself in, the, in like the body of water, where it's like cutting the camera angles. And you would do it like that, where you don't see them stood next to each other. And it's just like the cut of the camera angle Sorry. switches between the, the two of them. Well, what about a mirror with with no glass? And they yes, that's other. perfect. Yes, a mirror. But yeah, it's 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 just a window. I love that idea. Just completely mental, and they just they just both snap. That's it. Then hinge, cop building off of that. It could be it could be happen even during the match. Come down as one costume. They go underneath the ring as the killer. And the bees, other one comes and out. They come out as the other. There we the, other, the other combination, and they, you know, that's how they do their matches. And it's, you know, the fans get excited because they know it's gonna happen. It may take a little bit of time, but I'm sure by that time the unhinged, if they're unhinged, will lay out the other team and then have the time to change clothes and do what they have to do. Well, Alexa Cross has gone under the ring, and <laughs> oh, well, we don't know. And uh, and Bailey, gonna, Bailey's gone after. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute, that's Nikki Bliss. What's going on here? Yeah, I I think the main thing we need to decide on is whether it's Nikki Bliss or Alexa Cross. Or Cross Bliss. Now that'd be the tag name. That, that'd go. be the tag name. I like unhinged. Yeah. 
but they have to be really. Well, that's going to be another Viking Raiders, whatever their name. That's going to be one. Oh, okay, yeah, there we are. The Nikki Bliss experience. <laughs> then it changes it next week to the uh, Alexa Cross experience. The Alexa Cross Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders of the Alexa Cross. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Each week is something different. Our third fall is something that's you know kind of something that we talked about last week a little bit as far as the roster being so large and mm-hmm. underused guys, and we wanted to focus a little bit more on the on the unused guys and at this time um, there's a lot of people who a lot of wrestlers out there who we think are being underutilized yeah on both brands. Un- unused or under underused either right. um either because yeah as you say there's there's so definitely many, a line in the so sand. many there's definitely a line in the sand that they, that we feel they can do a lot more with Alex, what did you have as far as uh, if you had to choose one wrestler right now that would stand out on that list for you? So I I had a couple of thoughts. Um, Rusev was one of my first ones. I thought he's someone who for for a while has... has I think that's a perfect example. It is. So perfect, I'm not going to use him. Uh, ironically. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure everybody has, as soon as we talked about this, said, oh, definitely Rusev. Is that's, exactly what, that's exactly what Vince said. All right, he's perfect. I'm not going to use him. Yeah. That's it. And in that spirit. I love just what he is. He's off. He's not on TV. Um, no, I, so I, that was one of my ones. And then I thought of someone who has maybe of late over the past year or so because of the tag team that they were a part of, maybe hasn't been someone that you felt quite so much has been underutilized, but it's Cesaro. Um, I think for so long, people have always felt he had all the tools to be a real main event level star um athletically one one of the most gifted you know his kind of strength pound for pound is quite possibly the strongest any match he's in is always a quality match i don't think there's any bad cesaro match he's been doing it for such a long time he knows he knows what he's doing and yeah i I, for me he is someone that i i think really you wondered when they did those sort of couple of matches with ricochet whether maybe that was the start of really building Cesaro up as a as a single star. They got rid of his horrible entrance theme, which I never understood how he was allowed to use that for so long because it was dreadful. Uh, so that that was the, that was certainly the first first step on the ladder to uh, to success for Cesaro. I, I think his matches kind of speak for themselves. I mean, the best of seven series with Sheamus, which obviously led to the formation of the bar. I think people kind of got a bit tired of that. I'm not sure that Sheamus is really the person to bring up the best in Cesaro. I think you 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 put him with someone like Ricochet, someone who can you know can flip around the ring a lot. Um, I think Cesaro can work off of that a lot more. Um, so maybe maybe I wouldn't go back to that now as kind of the feud I would insert him in. But maybe maybe a Finn Balor would be someone I could see him putting on good matches with and. I think I would like to see him become really intense. So, like, kind of make him... Because we know about the athletic ability to the point where even if he's playing a bad guy, people still like him. And I think you kind of want to take some of that away. And what I would love to see him do is, and whether it's local enhancement talent on a weekly basis, he... Not necessarily a squash match. Um, not in the Not in the way you would typically book a monster. But having you beat someone and then he gets, he's like offended at the audacity of this person thinking they could step into the ring with someone as gifted as him. And he just starts doing post-match beatdowns. Like a pompous. 
heel type guy. Like, I guess like, he's arrogant so better, would right? be the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he's like you know I am the most gifted athlete that the WWE has ever seen. I've never been given the chance to prove it. And you book me against this chump, beats him down, and like I, I'd love the idea of him going to an being on an NXT show and having one of like the younger like up and coming people in NXT who maybe aren't that established, so it doesn't damage them too much getting beat. But, you know, he, he just puts on a clinic, comprehensively defeats them, beats them down after the match, really try and build that character as someone detestable that you that you want to boo and not appreciate the ability of. See, I think with that, even the beatdown afterwards, unless he gets to a star, uh, star level of the beatdown, fans are going to love it. They're going to love him beating up a, a no-name guy from that local town or whatever yeah. <laughs> through the tables and stuff like that. I think you'd get the boos maybe from the live audience because most of the time they know how they're supposed to react, and, and the majority of people do. But yeah, I think online people go, I love it. I love seeing this Cesaro. But I don't think that's that, that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as the people in attendance go along with it. Depending on who it is, in terms of who you're beating down, obviously if there's someone who's meant to be a face but doesn't get cheered that much, a la Roman, uh, not quite so much now, but um, yeah, there was a time when if you beat down Roman, you could be the biggest bad guy in the business and people would have cheered it if you beat Roman Reigns up. So yeah, you have to be, I guess you have to be careful a little bit with who it's against, but that's that's the kind of thing I would like to see, that you really build him up as someone, because then, you, know, you have him do that for a while and then you put him into that feud with someone like Finn Balor, because... People are never going to boo Finn Balor. I think him getting beat down is something people would, you know, they. they and Finn is great at getting beat down if you score he that is. ladder match. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, that, that's how I would build him up. And whether you, and you know, I like. I think they would put on great matches, and so you have that be a big ongoing story for the summer, say for the Intercontinental Championship, and then off the back of that, you know, you see where you're at, and maybe you can push him up to that next level. But you've got to get behind him and and give him that opportunity to really build on. The you know, the very solid base that he has. So Cesaro is the the guy, and that's how I would seek to elevate him. See, I think that I think that they wanted him to be a heel, but the fans respect him so much for the skills that he has, is that he's never been the true it's, heel. It's kind of at the point where it's Kofi Kingston situation because he's been around so long, and everyone has always seen right. the ability that it, yeah, it's and difficult. You to know, make. when he comes comes through the curtain that. You're gonna see a quality match regardless of who he's he's fighting, or whatever type of wrestler he's gonna give you a great match and give you give you everything you want to see. But but in order for him to change his total attitude or his character persona as people see him, I think you need totally new moves. Yeah, you got to change the moves. The swings got to. You can't do the swing because the fans love the swing. The uppercut I would probably keep in as well in in the mix because that's the a devastating move. Yeah, you, I think you maybe time. don't use it in certain situations, like the more acrobatic-looking uppercuts. Everyone's like, "Oh, that looked awesome!" You can't, yeah, want to tone it down. I think it's like I remember always something Chris Jericho talked about. Anytime he's playing a heel character, when he started to get something started to get over, he took it away, and that's that's the way. I think too few wrestlers. That seems to me like such an obvious thing to do, and I and it doesn't always happen. You know, wrestlers who are playing the bad guy often won't take away the things that people are enjoying and people, actually get some People are looking to see. Yeah, yeah. that's what they come to see. Because right now, what they're, what they're pretty much doing with him is the he's like the gate. Ricochet had a series with him. They moved him over to the U.S. Championship. And now he's scheduled for 
Alistair Black's first match coming off this new character for him. Is that, if it's a new is, is, he, is that who knocked at the door? That's who knocked at the door, supposedly, for the, for the uh, next pay-per-view. I, see, Alex I, thought, I, I thought it was Bray. That would have been... Every, okay, so, so, so that would be perfect. Let per- him in! Perfect, but... Too perfect. Do, too per- but do you want to just lead off with that? Or do you want to build up Alistair? I... The, the thing that is, level. that that kind of, just for that kind of thing, like Alistair Black's in the room and he's like waiting for someone to come and obviously Bray Wyatt's wanting to be let in, it made sense, but, um, and credit to Ross from uh, Cultaholic for that idea, that's where I, where I heard that one. But anyway, um, the the thing with that is, you don't want either of them to lose. That's neither right. neither of them in the situation right. you want and, to lose. And we've that, talked so. about Bray in the past where, okay, if he's coming off this huge gimmick, are you going to let him lose right off the bat? Right. And the same thing with Alistair. The fans are behind him in his the few matches he had already in the main roster. Now you gotta start him off with a loss with this build up. Yeah, I think considering he's taken time away now after the uh, after the, the Ricochet team sort of dissolved. Yeah, you can't have him now. He he hasn't built up enough right. to yeah, be able to like take a, a it's to like take a, a scratch. And, and with any of these guys that we're talking about, they're unused. Is that the right move to say, okay, we're just taking you off TV and then bring you back in a certain storyline? Again, with the new regime, the old new regime, is that something that's going to happen and recreate these guys? Who knows? I think it's always a good thing when people have some time away because there's always that, at least if nothing else, there's always that initial reaction of, oh, they're back, cool. Mm-hmm. So I think some time away is um, is never never a too bad bad a thing unless you know unless it's in the middle of a story and it gets curtailed because of your know, injury or whatever it may be otherwise I, th- I think some time away um can always help just for that return moment but uh so so my guy i'm gonna put into this this category is someone just like cesaro we pretty much see him on every week on tv but it's a it's a weird scenario for him and this is the miz I'm a big Miz mm-hmm. guy, you know. Everybody knows I'm a big Joe guy too, and he's in the same type yeah, of thing. But that, I, I, but, I vetoed Joe. I yeah, said you couldn't do yeah, Joe because he just, Joe. just got inserted into the title Joe. picture. And that's a, that's another complaint that I have for another day. What what they did with we'll him get there now. after yeah, after right, the right, match. Right. Yeah. But but the Miz WrestleMania, he he had a great match with Chain. I think a big brawl, and it was a big climax. And he and he lost. And it, a lot of people said there's no way he's going to lose the this match mm-hmm. but he lost it okay so you build up build that up now he's going to try to get revenge yeah and, he, and what does he do the next week he, he gets the chain and he loses and he loses and he loses so now you had this guy that former I mean, world champion fairness, he was losing to the best in the world well of course excuse me and, and i forget because shane is so much superior to everybody else on the roster right now he's he's the hottest Act, he he's, is the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. but still, we've joked about that too much. I think we've <laughs> yeah. we've overexposed ways, that joke. We're gonna get a letter for this one for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Miz. I mean, he's he has his own TV show with his wife on the the network, the USA Network. He's a great marketing person that they've been using, but he now he's losing every match. He's in the main events. I'll ask somebody else that we saw that left recently Mr. Ambrose but he's the, I feel that the character there is not being used the way he could be especially right now in the storyline with Shane and Drew and 
and Roman. Every week we hear, oh, Miz, you want this match with Shane? You want this match with Shane? You're going to have to beat these, this match. And then he loses. So is, it, by the time he gets the match now, nobody's going to care. <laughs> yeah, it's, they, they, they've taken, it's taken 10 years to get the Miz properly cheered and the crowd behind him and then not using it. See, for me, I don't think he should be a, a, a face. I think he's perfect. Yeah, he's better in his well. in his heel persona. When he did that figure four garbage with Ric Flair behind oh, him, and he was a heel. It. That was the worst thing that he he did in his career. If he stayed as the A lister and they kept him in that spot, because with him him and AJ and I think it was Dolph at that time, they pretty much were the top stars on SmackDown, and he was carrying the show as being one of the guys always involved in the, the storylines and such, and now they have him losing every week. So he's become almost Zack Ryder level. He's, he's, he's become an accessory more than a wrestler. He's, he's right. someone who is over and will get, you know, he, you know he'll put on a good segment, and he's just being used in that capacity more than as an actual wrestler who is going to win championships. And, right. The problem is, with this is that yeah, he's going to get over, but you're slowly letting the steam out the bag. Yeah, it's like the law of diminishing returns. The more it happens, the less right. you right. get for it. it, it it's, it's, it's much more now that you say the Miz is going to lose every time he comes out, as opposed to oh, I think Miz might pull this one out. I don't think, at this case, he would be fighting anybody on the roster and he's going to be, be on top unless it's a C level, C level yeah. guy, which is horrible because he's a, a big time star. He's good, he, great he, on the mic. Everything you want, he's there. Again, maybe if he's healed, maybe he doesn't do skull crushing fan. Maybe he needs a new move to to spice things it's up. Been kicked out of the lot, so if nothing right, else, right, right. And that supposedly was when he was champion, the most devastating move in his arsenal. Now he, everybody can kick out of it very easily. Um, so I think that. That the way they're using him now, I think definitely he needs to go back to being heel. But how can he do that this time in the storyline? Unless yeah. you have him team up with Shane again. I no, we need less Shane. Less Shane. <laughs> so you have Cesaro and I have Miz. What's the is is there a particular feud you would put Miz in? You think like you see so you think turn him heel? Who would be the person that you think we could get the best? He could get the best out of, or get your best out of him? Like who? Realistically, it, it it could probably be Finn. I mean, he could work a, a storyline mm-hmm. with Finn that, that would work well. I mean, they could work well together. I think after Alistair gets settled, that would be a good starting feud or beginning feud for him. But I don't see the the roads crossing for that yet. Yeah, no, right. I and I, a, and the way he's at right now, Miz, I don't think it would even become a feud. It may be no. a match, but it won't become a feud like that. I like because in theory, like with the two characters, with with Miz being the mainstream A-lister versus Alistair Black, very much the alternative person. I could see there being a lot of story to tell. There, there's lots of ways you can come at that because they, uh, you know, they look so different and act so yeah, different. Not like, with Miz's character right now. Oh yeah, yeah maybe it'd not. have to be that heel. Yeah, as, yeah, you definitely you definitely do the turn mm-hmm. and, and have him go back to the yeah the big time movie mm-hmm. star. But yeah, all right. So we need we need to call call it down the middle. So. Ooh, what's the... So we both picked Finn pretty much as a good wrestler for for both of them to fight with. So essentially what you're saying is we take Finn Balor, put him in the middle of the ring, and we just line up all of these underutilized stars, and they just take it in 
turns to come down it, and like what do they punch call that? him. Is it, a, is it a scramble or it's a... like a reverse gauntlet match? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it is the gauntlet match. Except the person in the gauntlet match loses every time. That's got to be the way to to boost the boost the underused guys. You know, Beat Finn Balor. And, and and Finn, I'm sure, will be happy to take a couple bumps. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Like he, he's, he's practiced a lot in the ladder match and so forth. I mean, you'd have to take a lot in that match, but yeah. Yeah, you know, it would just, just stand in the middle and say, oh, Miz, yep, yep, Miz has been underutilized. There's, yep, Cesaro, that's fair. Rusev, yep, take that. Nakamura, sure, yeah, he's been underutilized. That's fair. Wait, is that, is that George Mizanin? No, absolutely that's... not. <laughs> absolutely not. Sees him ambling down the ring, down the ramp slowly. Even Ember Moon comes in for a couple of shots with her. That's a woman underutilized. Oh yeah, who, yeah. Okay, so we need someone for the who who is going to be the person who's going to be the female equivalent for Finn Balor for the underutilized female talent to. Uh, well, Charlotte. Per, no, I think that person Bailey is the perfect one. Even though she's a champion now, <laughs> just put her. As the person that gets... Oh, yeah, Sasha Banks is still in the doghouse. Sasha, come back. We've got a perfect story yeah. for you. Just stand in the middle of this ring. <laughs> yeah. Is that... I'm is back, that... guys. Okay, just stand there. Beth Phoenix? Is that Stephanie McMahon? No. <laughs> no, it's Nikki Bliss. <laughs> oh, God. It's Nikki Bliss. Oh, wait, no, it's Alexa Cross. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Wait, it's both of them. The Nikki Bliss experience. Here they come. And in the twisted cross off the top rope. <laughs> there we are. One, two, three. The One, twisted two, three. cross. There you go. The three second tan, like John Cena says. And that will do us for this episode of Calling It Down the Middle. Thank you, as always, for listening. A huge thank you to the Randy Savages for the use of our theme song, Be a Man Hogan. Always, Dig it. always appreciative of that. Go check them out at randysavages.bandcamp.com. You can hear all of their music. Um, I, I think that will do it for the two of us for this episode. We'll be back next time where we will find more things to call Down, Down the, the Middle. Supreme T-shirt today, and we jump you on to barbed wire. This is for Jiggles and Jiggles. Don't try this at home. I hope you like it. Whoop whoop. Fuck this shit! Oh, oh, oh my fucking god!